Warrior Woman, hi, how are ya? Welcome back to the Warrior School podcast. This is episode 257. So you got me today. You've actually got me for the next few episodes. And then do I have a lineup for you? (sighs) I've been busy. I've been busy. I've been a busy little bee connecting with some very cool, badass women and inviting them on the podcast. And so we're locking in, locking in conversation times, locking in podcast times. And over the next month or so, I've got some really cool conversations that I am going to have with really cool women and I'm going to record them. And I'm going to share them with you. I'm going to upload them. They'll become podcast episodes. So you have me. uh, You'll have me today. And before we dive into today's topic, I thought, so on Mondays, I send an email out to all of my warriors. And that email, generally, I, I tell a story or I talk about an idea or a concept and I lay out the week ahead. So often we have live group coaching calls that we do every week. And then once a month, what I include is this section at the bottom of the email on things that I'm reading, things I'm listening to, things that I'm watching. And so today I thought it would be cool to kick off this podcast episode talking about with some of the talking about some of the things that I'm obsessed with right now, Uh, talking about what I'm watching, what I'm reading, and what I'm listening to. Although I don't think I have anything for what I'm listening to. I don't really listen to a lot of things. You know that. You know, if you know me, you know that I'm not a huge listener, huge podcast listener. So what am I obsessed with right now? I'm obsessed with this chef called Julius Roberts and he was introduced to me uh, through the gram not in real life by Ruby one day Ruby dm'd me on Instagram and she's like have you seen have you seen this chef have you seen this guy and do you have his cookbook and so it was Julius Roberts and I spent some time on his page and he's like the baby version of Jamie Oliver, but a little more low key than Jamie. Similar vibe outside, whacking things together. So a lot of his reels uh, that he puts on his gram for his recipes are just kind of whacking things together. They're not super measured, which is what I really love about Jamie Oliver. So I got obsessed with him. And I cooked some stuff off his Instagram and then I pre-ordered his cookbook, which I have here. And I cooked some dishes out of that on the weekend. So I'm obsessed with him. If you are looking for some inspiration for your food and you want the vibe of kind of whacking it together, it's a little bit more fluid, it has flow to it. It's like English, rustic, one pot, Jamie Oliver vibes. Go and check out Julius Roberts. The other thing I'm obsessed with right now is Pinterest. (laughs) I feel like I'm really late to the game, uh, which I generally am when it comes to 
uh, trends. Uh, but I'm obsessed with Pinterest for mostly to do with my other obsession, which is this idea of owning the movement. And where my Pinterest obsession came in was really last year. Was it last year or the year before? It, ha- it would have to be the year before when I started to do research on my Unleash Your Dark Side photo shoot. That's when I downloaded Pinterest, got the app and started my Pinterest board for that photo shoot. And then I've used Pinterest since then for a few of my internal events inside of Warrior School. I used it for Confidently Ever After, which was my tour that I did last year. And now I'm using it for this idea that I'm also obsessed with, which is owning the movement. And this will become my course that I'm going to create, which I'll, I'm not going to get into that right now, but I'm obsessed with Pinterest. Uh, so, and it's work and it's research, but it's really cool. And we did in our end of year event last year, on the warrior renaissance a lot of the warriors created their vision boards through pinterest and so if you yeah if you like this idea of vision and vision boards and creating a vision board as an exercise or activity you're probably all over this like i said i'm super late to the game uh, i remember the warriors saying on the call last year Hey, I have a Pinterest board from like 2005 and 2007. And so I know that it's been around for a really long time. So you probably have a million Pinterest boards going, but I would invite you to go in there and start to create your vision Pinterest board for the life that you want for your second life. So that's, I'm also obsessed with that. I'm obsessed with like eras at the moment like the 1940s, 50s, 60s, 70s, and 80s. And this has a little bit to do with this idea of owning the movement and my research around this idea or concept, but it was such a cool energy time, a cool vibe. And yes, there were horrible shitty things going on in the world, but if I look at the energy from, you know, the 50s, 60s, 70s, even 80s, it's high energy. It's really cool vibes compared to today's, uh, which is low energy, apathetic, reactive, depleted, stressed. And so I'm a little obsessed with just looking at images and people that were, you know, quite famous in those eras, those time periods. I'm also obsessed with hats right now wearing a hat, uh, especially on my morning walks with Hank. I used to wear a hat a lot in Australia. I used to wear a hat a lot when I ran. I used to run a lot, but I haven't worn one for so long. And I've been wearing my, I guess in the North, you'd call it a ball cap. (laughs) But yeah, we would just, I don't know what I would call it, a cap, a hat. So I'm obsessed with that. And then that kind of intrigues me to like get obsessed with other hats, (laughs) more casual, stylish hats. So I'm also on Pinterest looking at cool hats. And then the last thing I'm obsessed with right now is this Paris fashion designer 
Her name is Audrey Leighton Rogers, and she makes these really cool wrap uh, dresses and trench coats. She's just this badass babe uh, that lives in Paris, designs really cool clothes. She also trains like she has muscles, like arm muscles, shoulder muscles. She has this fabulous, glorious butt, and she's one of the only fashion designers I know that actually eats well and trains well, that actually has muscle on her and is designing clothes and products that, you know, if you're like me and you have shoulders and you have back and you have a lat and you have a big ass, you know, big ass in the best way, that these clothes suit that body type. Anyway, I'm obsessed with her. Her imagery on her Instagram is just beautiful and elegant. She just exudes this power and grace and elegance. Uh, And so check her out. Okay, what what am I watching? Uh, I'm watching a couple of TED Talks. I used to be obsessed with TED Talks. Back in, it would have to be 2009, 10, 11, 12, there was like a four or five year period. That's when I first came across Brené Brown's work, Esther Perel's work. And I think I've seen, if you go on the TED website and you uh, go up the top on the left-hand side, I believe, and you go to the most viewed, I think the first two or three pages of the most viewed I've watched. (laughs) There were a couple on there that I hadn't seen. And so I'm watching Ted's Secret to Great Public Speaking and How to Speak So People Want to Listen. As you know, one of my goals this year is to speak or speak more and outside of the podcast. And so I'm really interested in speaking and public speaking and how you can be a better storyteller and a better speaker. So I'm watching a couple of TED Talks on that. I'm also watching The New True Detective, which Carson will come home from the clinic sometimes and he'll have clients or a client say, give a recommendation for a show because we're not huge show watchers uh, in our household. We don't even have a TV. So what we do watch is on our little laptops, although we did borrow his sister's projector and it's still sitting here in the living room. And I thought that was really cool. I really like it. So I think we're going to get a little mini projector and we've been watching some things on the projector. Anyway, uh, a few clients said to him, watch the new true detective. So we've just started that. It's weird and interesting, but I'm going to roll with it. Normally I get a little bit of anxiety when I'm watching a new thing and I don't know what's going to happen or the anxiousness mostly comes out of I feel like I'm going to waste my time. So I need to know that it's actually good and (laughs) I'm going to use my time well. But I'm trying to be a little bit more fluid and flexible for Carson when it comes to watching things. And so we're, we're, we're diving into that. What I'm reading, I am reading Elon Musk by Walter Isaacson, I think. I think that's who it's by. The same guy who wrote Steve Jobs's uh, biography. 
and I really like it. I find, you know, you can have a strong opinion on this Steve Jobs and Elon Musk's and uh, of the world, but they are extremely fascinating humans and I enjoy learning how their minds work. I enjoy learning their creative process, how they create their businesses, their brands. It's so interesting. It's really cool. So I'm really enjoying that. I just started a couple of new books. One is called You Could Make This Place Beautiful and it's a memoir. For those of you who know me, you know that I love memoirs, autobiographies and biographies. I really love learning about people and their stories. And this memoir is by a poet called Maggie Smith and the book explores the disintegration of her marriage and then her renewed commitment to herself as a woman. And I'm just I've just started so I can't really speak to uh, can't really speak to it, but it so far it's fabulous and the way that she writes is again very elegant uh, and there's such grace to you you can almost you can sense that she's a poet you know it's not poetry it's a story but the way she writes it is like poetry that's when you know when you think of poetry you think of like this just this beautiful like flow and softness and elegance to words and so far that's what I feel when I'm I'm reading her story and then the other book I just started is called Your Blueprint for Pleasure and it's discovering five erotic types to awaken and fulfill your desires in uh, intimacy, the bedroom, sex, and it's by a sexologist. And she's kind of identified these five erotic types, just like uh, Gary Chapman, who was the uh creator and writer of the five love love languages and her book really aims to empower people with the understanding that we are each erotically gifted and that there's differences uh in you know in each of us when it comes to eroticism and desire and pleasure and sex so I've just started that as well Okay, let's talk about today's topic. Today I want to talk about unlocking the power of meal timing. And this kind of links up into the podcast episode I did on carbohydrates, which was the part three of the series that I did from the learnings or the themes that came out of the January strategy calls with my warriors. One thing that I've been talking a lot about with my warriors uh, for the past couple of months, and we actually just did a group coaching call on this last week. I've been talking a lot about carbohydrates. I've been talking a lot about front loading our day and the timing of our meals and the density of our meals. And I thought it would be really cool just to dive a little bit deeper into that. I got a couple of questions off the back of the carbohydrate podcast. And then there has been a couple of things that have come up inside of Warrior School over the past week or so around this idea of front loading your day, timing your meals, uh, and 
when to eat your carbohydrates. So when I was thinking about this podcast episode and I was, I was thinking about this topic and, and some of the questions I got asked, when I was thinking about the world of nutrition, we've often really focused on what we eat. We're, we're kind of a bit obsessed with what we eat. And yes, what we eat is important. You know, the quality of it, the making, you know, trying to make sure that we're eating foods that are supporting our metabolism, our thyroid, you know, that are easily digested and absorbed, those metabolic foods. So the what is important, but we haven't really focused on the when we eat it or how we eat it. It makes me think of this pyramid. You know, I'm a big fan of pyramids. So imagine your triangle, you've got the big base. And then as you go up, there's like the tip or the smaller space. And I remember I was on a coaching call uh, inside of Creator Club, maybe last year. And one thing we were talking about was how everyone focuses on the what, but no one really focuses on the who and how, like who you need to become in order to achieve the what. So the what would be the vision. In this case, the what is the actual food that we're eating. But I want you to think about this as like the pyramid and we're going to focus more on the how, the when, like the how are we doing this? How are we approaching it? Why would we approach it in a different way than maybe what we're doing right now? And obviously the who is an important piece in this, because if we're making change, we're always asking ourselves, well, who do I need to become in order to create this change or make this change in order to achieve the how and the what? But there's recent recent findings, a recent talk <laughs> and research suggests that when we eat, especially when it comes to our carbohydrates, is just as important as what we eat. Now, like everything that when I, you know, when I talk about this nutrition stuff and the training stuff, for me, I always see it in phased-based approaches. I see it in that pyramid with the bottom of the pyramid as like phase one or level one. And then we're layering things on to build the strategy or to build the practice. So layer one or phase one inside of Warrior School with within my work is metabolic foods and following those metabolic principles. And then layer two is meeting protein requirements. Layer three is finding maintenance and nutrient timing or eating around training. And then phase four is intermittent energy restriction and specific muscle building strategies. So more of an advanced uh, approach or advanced strategies in the phase four. And so what I'm talking about today kind of fits into phase three. Well, not kind of, I feel like I would put it in phase three. So I'm a fan of a phase-based approach. So for some of you listening, you may not be up to this yet. And that's totally cool. On the group coaching call that I ran last week, it was on uh, meal timing, front loading your day and optimizing carbohydrates for training and performance. And there were a couple of warriors on the call that were very new into warrior school. And they aren't up to this uh, strategy yet. So you might also not be up to this strategy. And that's cool. I'm just going to 
put it out there and share it with you and you can take some notes and store it for later. But just to give you context, where I would put it is when you're focusing on your maintenance calories, making sure that you're eating enough and then looking at the timing of your food around your training. So one thing that I've been speaking a lot about with the warriors is meal timing and this idea of front loading your day. And so you're consuming a larger portion of your calories earlier in the day. And there is some uh, evidence and research that suggests that meal timing can impact overall energy balance and weight management. And that if we consume, we push more of the calories into the front of the day, early in the day, that it can promote greater satiety and reduce overall calorie intake, which can potentially then aid in weight loss efforts. But I wasn't so interested in it when it comes to weight management or weight loss. My interest was more in creating energy stability and supporting blood glucose, so blood uh, like glycemic control, blood glucose regulation, and then having this enhanced energy throughout the day. Also, a lot of my warriors do train in the morning, and so we were trying to front load more of their calories at the start of the day around the training to support their training. What I see sometimes is that it's the reverse, it's the flip. So super light, (laughs) super light calories, breakfast and lunch. And then we load the calories in the afternoon and the evening. And that's because we haven't actually eaten enough all day. We haven't nourished ourselves uh, and gotten enough nutrition in. So we've gotten to the end of the day and we're so low on energy that we then binge in the afternoon or we eat a large amount of food for dinner time, we consume a lot of snacks, we consume a lot of alcohol. Or what I do see as well is that a lot of women are like bird eaters. Uh, Josh and Jeannie from Real Food Gangsters would call it like sticks, sticks and twigs. So just eating these tiny little stick twig meals or snacks all throughout the day and not actually eating a log meal, like this big, dense, calorie dense meal, this log that we're putting on our fire, you know, we're putting in our body to fire up our metabolism, to give us energy. I love Josh and Jeannie's uh, analogy or visual is that when you get up in the morning, you have a fire. And if you don't put anything on the fire, the fire is out. So There is the metabolism ain't running. You've got no energy. So you're running on just like cortisol and adrenaline (laughs) and fumes. Or you get up and you just eat these tiny little twigs or sticks. It's going to light the fire for a little bit, but then it's going to go out. And what happens is that you then run out of energy. You've got this... uh, poor blood glucose, blood sugar regulation issue, Uh, you're basically chasing your tail. Whereas if you get up and you put logs, a log, a couple of logs on that fire, you're going to put fire 
in your system. You're going to you're going to fire up your metabolism. You are going to uh, have lots of energy for your morning, for your day. Think about your day. Think about, you know, we do all of our things in our day. And so all of those things require energy. I tell my warriors all the time, if we're waking up and then we're training and we're getting little humans ready and then we are working all day, our body and brain need energy for that. We're, we need the most energy in the morning and throughout the day. We don't need a lot of energy at the end of the day or at night. We need enough overall to support our physiology and our biofeedback, but we don't need a big chunk of that energy or food at the end of the day because actually it can have an, a negative impact on our sleep, our HRV, you know, our recovery, the quality of our sleep if we're loading a lot of that nutrition at the end of the day. So if we bring it forward and we think about those first two to three things that we're eating and plumping those up, then we can use it. There's a field of uh, research or science that's called chrononutrition. And with chrononutrition, they're focusing on our circadian rhythm and using that to create our meal structure or our meal timing. And so within this field, what they, they look a lot at time-restricted feeding and how our uh, insulin sensitivity is highest in the morning. And we want to try and create our meal structure with our circadian rhythm. And this is where this idea of front-loading our calories, eating higher amount of carbohydrates in the morning is in line with our natural circadian rhythm. So then in the afternoon and the evening, our melatonin is higher. What they found in some studies is that our insulin sensitivity isn't as high. And so if we eat within, you know, eat to our rhythm, our body's rhythm, what happens is that that creates kind of a natural time-restricted feeding window. Now, we're not going to dive into that today, and I'm not going to talk about fasting or intermittent fasting, but something to think about is, can I, you know, can I change my meal structure a little bit to support my natural circadian rhythm more, to support... Uh, the times where my body or brain need more energy. So where are those times in my day? When do I train? Let's look at an example. And there's a couple of different phases or steps you could do this in. You could just look at your current meal structure right now, uh, how you're timing your meals, and then take this idea or this concept and think about, could I eat a little bit more at the start of my day? You know, am I waking up and eating within 30 to 60 minutes of waking? Am I eating a decent sized breakfast that is balanced? Am I eating a snack or a decent sized lunch? And if, if you ain't, <laughs> that's where I would start, is just trying to bring in a little bit more calories into the front of your day, eating breakfast, uh, trying to make that more of a log meal, 
then potentially you could have a snack or then you could just eat a log lunch. I thought it would be cool to break it down a little bit further. And so we can look at, well, how much do I eat? What is front loading the calories and the carbohydrates? What does that look like? So the, I guess the second step or the second or third phase is, well, what's your total energy? What is your total energy requirement or your maintenance calories? How much are you meant to eat every day to support your physiology, your hormones, to give you good energy availability, to support your training? So in the world of nutrition, there's a couple of different ways to look at how much we're meant to eat. So you'll hear you know, that most females are meant to eat about 2000 calories. Maybe you kind of know that your maintenance is around 1900, 2000, 2200, 2300. And potentially you got that from doing a DEXA scan, which is one of the most accurate ways to know our basal metabolic rate and our actual body composition. So then we can determine and predict more accurately uh, our total energy. Maybe someone's told you, maybe you've used something like chronometer, which generates it using an equation. In in my exercise science degree, my master's in dietetics, we always used calories per kilo of lean body mass per day. And so if you look at the research, they'll say a minimum of 30 to 35, but most females need 40 to 45 calories per kilo of lean body mass per day. So what's being missed a little bit in this conversation of nutrition, of maintenance calories, of protein requirements, is that our total energy and our protein requirements are based on lean muscle mass, not total body weight. So I'm seeing a lot of women eat at a maintenance based on total body weight, which may not even be their ideal body weight. They may be carrying more fat mass than, uh, than their body really needs to maintain optimal health and optimal body composition. And I'm seeing this with protein as well, which is why I think I spoke a little bit about it on the Carbohydrate Podcast. I'm seeing really high protein ranges or protein targets. And as a byproduct, that's causing a little bit of a wacky protein carbohydrate ratio. So I'm going to use for the example, I'm going to use 40 to 45 calories per kilo of lean body mass per day. Now, if I'm going to use a female who is 70 kilos, like 155 pounds, if I didn't use lean body mass per day, and used that uh, 40 to 45 calories per kilo, I would get 28 uh, to 3,100 calories. Now that's too high. If I used lean body mass per day and say, for example, this female got a DEXA scan, she was 70 kilos and she had 58 kilos of lean mass on her. Remember our lean mass is our active tissue then I would use that 40 to 45 calories per kilo of lean body mass. So times 58, and I would get 23 to 2600, which is more accurate for her maintenance calories. 
Now you could use, you could get a DEXA scan, you could use chronometer. They're pretty, they're pretty good at using, the equation's pretty good. It's pretty accurate. So we, we know total energy. That would be the first step is how much am I meant to eat over the entire day? We need to know that. So then we can look at how do we actually front load the calories and the carbohydrates. So then the second step would be working out, well, how many carbohydrates do I need to eat in a day? The requirement or the recommendation on average is three to five grams per kilo of body mass per day. I really like to use 2.5 to 3.5. Mostly I'll use three to 3.5 grams per kilo of body mass per day. So for this example, for this female, that is 210 to 245 grams of carbs per day. So I'm just going to say that her total energy that she needs to eat is... 2300 so 2300 calories a day and the minimum amount of carbs she needs to eat is 210 and then she could eat 245 so i'm going to go 230 for this example just somewhere kind of in the middle now we could develop the strategy around on a non-training day and a training day and we could play with cycling the carbs a little bit but we're not going to get into that today so our example is 2300 230 grams of carbohydrates. Now let's look at how we might front load the day. So for this female, maybe she gets up, she has coffee and she has a snack. Now that snack can be between 200 and 300 calories. Then she has breakfast, maybe half an hour or an hour later. That breakfast needs to be between 500 and 700 calories. Then she goes and trains, she comes home and she has lunch about 30, 40, you know, an hour later. And her lunch is 500 to 700 calories. So if we look at the minimum ranges here, so 200, 500, 500, that equals 1200 calories. That's 52% of her intake by the time she's finished lunch. Now, what we really want is we want about 70, 75% of our intake by the time that we finish lunch. So what that would require is us to go at the top end of those ranges. So 300, 700, 700 is 1700 calories and that's 73%. So then she has 582 calories left over for snacks and dinner. I'll, I'll repeat it. Do you want me to go through it again? <laughs> so we're looking at the idea of front loading our day. So eating more calories. So then we need to know, okay, I've got 2,300 calories. I've got a target of 230 grams of carbs. And I want to try and eat more in those first two to three meals that I am going to have at the start of my day. So if I say my snack is 200, my breakfast is five and my lunch is five, I'm only reaching 52% of, of my calories. And we really wanna try with this idea of front loading our calories and carbs, we wanna try and get 70, 75% of our calories in the front of our day. 
So that means that that snack has to be 300 and then the breakfast and the lunch have to be at least 700. Now this, you don't have to be exactly spot on. I'm just giving you an example of what the meal structure, the timing could look like and then the composition of total calories. So let's look at the carbohydrates. If we are aiming for 75% of 230 grams, that's 173 grams of carbs. And then we have about 57, uh, we have 57 left for a snack and dinner at the end of the day. So that's about 57 grams of carbs for the first uh, each for the first three meals and snack. Or it doesn't have to be completely balanced between the three. One could be a bit higher. So what I've been working on with my warriors is the meal or snack prior to training is the highest in carbohydrates because the body is going to use that for fuel, for energy. So let's whack the big amount of carbohydrates in the morning around that training. You could also do this if you train later in the afternoon. So lunch could be the meal where you have your biggest amount of carbohydrates just prior to training. As you can see, it's very individualized depending on you, your foundation, your day, your circadian rhythm, when you train, when you need the most energy and your carbohydrates. But this, for a lot of my warriors, they're like, wow, <laughs> I, I have to try and eat like 700 calories in a meal. A couple of notes on that, and I am going to do a podcast. I was asked a really cool question the a couple of weeks ago around how do I hit my protein goal when it feels like too much food. So I'm going to speak to that in uh, a podcast episode coming up, and I'll talk a little bit about volume and density of meals and how we can get a little clever with trying to get, trying to hit our targets when it can feel like too much food. But what I will say is that doing this and doing this with strategy are two very different things. The strategy is important. So if you are very far away from eating enough food or eating enough calories in the morning time, you need to do it in a phased based approach. We need to do it slowly and slowly layer in more calories over time. Otherwise, it's too stressful on the body. And if you want me to talk more about how you could do that in a different podcast episode, you know what to do. You know, send me a message, send me an email. I read every one of them. I love them. So I can talk about that. So for a lot of the warriors, this is what we're working on, is they're trying to get 75% of their food in by the time that they finish lunch. Or if some of the warriors train early in the afternoon, we're including lunch and or that uh, afternoon snack. And so by the time they finish their afternoon snack, they've got that 75% of their food in, if not maybe 80%. Okay, warrior woman, that is it for today. Thank you so much for whacking me in your ears. It was an absolute pleasure and I'll talk to you soon. Bye for now. Warrior Woman, thanks so much for listening to this episode. If you haven't, please give the podcast some love by subscribing now. And if you enjoyed this episode, please rate it and share it with another Warrior Woman. 
Also, if you want to go crazy, I'd love if you wrote a review for the Warrior School podcast. And also share and tag me with your biggest takeaways for the episode on the gram. Okay, Warrior Woman, have a great week in training. Bye for now.